Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. I'm sure you would agree there is no doubt these are very interesting times. And uh, we have found ourselves in this situation. I was having a coffee recently with someone and I said, if I had have told you six months ago that right across the world, churches could no longer meet in gatherings with over 50 people and that we, we just wouldn't be allowed to do that. And, for, and, and rightly so, uh, you, nobody would have believed you. Um, there, you would have thought there would be an uproar. How would, how would any government be able to produce uh, that type of an effect on people? Well, what if I told you that there were gonna be football games that were played without any crowds in sight? I think once again, you would say, I find that really hard to believe. Uh, what if I told you that instead of handshakes, people were toe tapping and elbow poking? I, I think we would, what, what interesting times we live in. This is just weird, but it's also a bit cool. I'm not saying the virus is, virus is not cool, but it's just, it's interesting how our lives can get messed up so quickly. Um, someone wrote yesterday on, on, on Facebook, they said, you know, how long is this social distancing supposed to last? Uh, my wife keeps trying to get into the house. I, <laughs> just a joke, guys, just, just a joke. We've got to lighten the mood here a little. <laughs> not true, of course, I hope not. Um, but I think we would all agree that it's, it's during times like this um, and, and I'm, I'm reminded that right now there would be people that, that uh, are watching this and if you were completely honest, fear has, um, has often gripped your heart during this season. Maybe not right here and now, um, but it may grip your heart tomorrow. And I think the world is currently being reminded of our mortality right now. Um, our fickleness, just when we thought we've got this global economy and, and people are, have become world travellers and, 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 and global markets, all of a sudden everything is turned around inside a month. Everything, nations shut down, borders closed, airlines, planes grounded. Who would have thought that something like that could happen all within a month? And, uh, and, and when we start to see this happen, what we realise is something like this virus is able to bring us all down to the same level. Because one thing we know about the coronavirus, for example, is that it doesn't ask where you live. It doesn't ask about your postcode. It doesn't ask how attractive are you. It doesn't ask how much money do you have in your bank account as to whether it will infect you or not. It doesn't ask what ethnicity are you. It doesn't ask how intelligent are you. No, it simply humbles the whole of humanity and it brings us all down to the one level. It brings us all down to the one level. And it reminds us all that, you know, no one is greater than anybody else in actual fact. And uh, no matter who you are, rich or poor, we're all waiting in line to buy toilet paper. <laughs> a friend of mine said, you know, I'm, 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 I just refuse to shake hands with anybody. And I said, oh, this, yeah, because of the coronavirus. He goes, no, because people don't have toilet paper. <laughs> and and he's, he's a bit concerned about what's going on in the world. Come, let's lighten up here, okay. Listen, the world has gone mad and we understand why. We understand the measures, but let me encourage you, there is hope. And during this time, and this is my very simple message for this morning, wherever you are, right across the world, listening to this message, is we need to be reminded that God is not surprised. God is not surprised. He is not shocked 
God is not on His throne wondering what is happening upon the earth. Now, let me, let me make this very clear. I'm not suggesting for one moment that God caused this or that God is even pleased with this. But one thing I do know is God is not shocked by this. And God is not reeling and God is not in a panic and God hasn't taken steps backwards and, and wondering what He should do next. You know, out, as a church uh, right here in, in, in a, a Lifehouse church, has received two prophecies and both those prophecies from two separate people who didn't even know, don't even know each other. It was the same prophecy that, that this year would be a roller coaster. And, um, and none of us really knew what that meant. And, but I'm starting to get an idea of what it means because we've taken almost two and a half years to put this beautiful building together that we're meeting in right now. And two and a half years later, and here we go, we're about to, we're on the peak of the, of, of, of the climb of the roller coaster. We're about to have the ride of our life only to discover that we're actually stuck on that, on that downward uh, incline because we can't even use a building that we've just built. Now, I've got to tell you that that's a roller coaster of emotions right there. And I'm sure many of you have experienced similar things. But let me make this statement and please, come on, let's give God the appropriate response. God is still in control right now. Come on, wherever you are. Right now, I would probably tell you to high five someone, but I'm not allowed to. So give them an elbow tap or do something. But Jesus made these words really clear for us and I'm so glad He did so that we're not caught off guard. John chapter 16, verse 33, Jesus says, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. And here it is. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. Now, for some of us, trials and sorrows is not what we are currently experiencing, but it could be fear. He says, but take heart, because I have overcome the world. I have overcome the world. He's made it very, very clear to us. And, and, and so here we go. So we know that God, God knows about this virus spreading. And I am centering in on this today. Um, maybe you haven't given it much thought and, and, and I'm the one actually encouraging you to, to understand what is going on around the world. But we need to understand that God knew that it was going to spread. And, and, and you're not be, you might not be worried about the virus at all. You're still worried about global warming, for example, and you're worried about the, the predicament of, of our world. Well, once again, God knew how many cars there were gonna be on the earth in this particular point in time. And He doesn't tell us that the world ends that way. And so we can trust that no matter what is going on around the world, we can always believe that God is still in control. Amen. God knows when fossil fuels will run out. God knows when, how, how high the water levels are gonna rise. God is not shocked by the current state of your life or this world. And here's the encouragement. God knows your situation. He knows your business needs. Wherever you may find yourself right now, you need to know that God knows your needs. He understands your cash flow. I've been speaking to a lot of business people lately and they're, they're concerned. And their big, their big concern is, does God know? Well, Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 and 32 Jesus gives us some very clear advice and then He ends with a promise. He says, so don't worry about these things, saying what will we eat and what will we drink and what will we wear? He says, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Then He says this, but here's the promise. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. He really does know. 
and, 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 and let me be really transparent here today. I'm a pastor of a church. I'm a, I'm, I'm a man of the Word. I've, I've been pastoring a church for a long time. I'm often in the Word of God. But I've got to tell you, there have been moments during this season where fear has gripped my heart and where I'm saying, God, are you sure you really know what's going on here? And these words have spoken calm into my heart. And that is that God knows my needs. He knows God is not surprised and He has got this. And so Isaiah 41 tells us something and it, it, it tells us something that we ought not to do. And then it gives us the reason why we ought not to do that. And he says in verse 10, he says, don't be afraid. Everyone repeat after me, don't be afraid. Come on, every life group, every small group right across this country, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, he says, for I am with you. He doesn't just say, don't be afraid. He says, there's a reason for that because I am with you. And then he says, don't be discouraged. See, for some people, fear hasn't gripped them, but discouragement has. But he says, he says, don't be discouraged because I'm your God. I will strengthen you and I'm gonna help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. If God needs a round of applause, then it needs to be right now. But here it is. I don't want this message to just sort of dwell up here and, and, then, and then Monday comes and, and then we're back to where we started. You know, there is no doubt about it that God cares for His people, but He often cares for His people through His people. And, and during this season, I'm, I'm just gonna put it out there and I'm gonna encourage every person, no matter who you are, would we, could, if we could just do what the early church did, when they were establishing themselves and when trials hit their community, you know, in Acts chapter four, verses 33 uh, to 35, this is how they behaved. And I'm gonna encourage us to do the same. It says, there were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses would sell them and bring the money to the apostles uh, to give to those in need. Now that's probably an extreme measure. I'm not encouraging anyone to go selling houses or land right now, but I am saying, that these people had a heart for people. And, and, and often people are praying to God and the way in which God's gonna answer that prayer is through other people. And can I just encourage you, no matter who you are, you, you, know, you might just be a single person uh, renting in a, in a shared accommodation situation. You know, you can still be of value. You can still help people. And we need to be people that actually care for one another during this time. Do you know, if you're a business owner right now, you know, the, the business right beside you, you don't know what current situation that they're in right now. You don't know what they are facing. And I tell you what, they would be more open than ever to you reaching out to them and just trying to discover what can you possibly do to help them? I saw someone on Facebook just recently say, hey, if you're a business owner, why don't you put up your, your product on my Facebook page so that if someone's interested, they could then contact you. What are they trying to do? They're just trying to look out for one another. What a great thing to do during this season to not just be thinking about ourselves, but to be thinking about other people. Come on, let me speak peace over you right now. Let me make something very clear. And this may sound drastic, but it's not. There are some people who are fearing not being able to pay next month's rent. I'll, let me make it this really, if, you, if you're a part of our church family and we know who you are, if we don't know who you are, this is gonna be more difficult to do. But we will not watch you 
be thrown out and go and live on the street with your family. The worst that it will get for you, the worst that it would get is that you may possibly have to go live with another family for a short season of time and until you get back on your feet and establish yourself in a new career or a new job. But we are a family. We're not gonna see anyone thrown out on streets or hurt or going without food. Lifehouse Kitchen is up and running for those who don't have food. Listen, during this season, we are going to step up and we need to do a few things first before we can become those types of people. I'm just got, I've just got a few quick points here. And, and the first one is, I've already covered it, but I wanna just go in just a little bit further with it in that we ought not to worry. Jesus said, don't worry. It wasn't just a suggestion, it's actually a command because we will find ourselves paralysed. Luke 21, verse 14. Jesus is talking about when you're brought before you know, the Sanhedrin, when you're brought before the courts and, and people want to uh, basically condemn you for whatever reason. Uh, he says this, he says, but make up your mind not to worry. I, I love that statement. Make up your mind not to worry. We've got to make a decision. We're just not going to worry. And why would we make that decision? Because worrying doesn't help anyway. It's never helped. Jesus made it very clear. Can you, can you make yourself grow just a little bit more by worrying? No, you can't. Worrying does nothing but bring anxiety into your world, causing your own body to become sick. No, no, we need to be people who don't worry. And where does worry usually come, come from? By what we're hearing. The Bible tells us in Genesis, um, it says, when Adam heard the Lord God walking in the garden, having just done something that he shouldn't do, the Bible says, when he heard the Lord God walking, fear, he hid through fear. Do you know, it's gonna be what you hear that will cause you to fear. Ooh, that rhymes. I wish I had a follow-up line so that I could be a, get a little bit gangster on you, but I, I, I don't. But listen, fear comes by hearing, and that shouldn't shock us because the Bible tells us that something else comes by hearing. The Bible, so, the Bible says, come on, come if you know it, it says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. It's, it's what you hear that will cause you to become afraid. Come on, this, this, is, this is how we talk. You know, we, we, we meet one of our friends or you, you may be meeting your girlfriends or some guys at, in a cafe. And, and what's the first thing? Someone sits down and they say, hey, did you hear? Did you, did you hear? And, 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 that, and, and then there's a whole conversation that goes on where the person who was sitting there initially had no fear in their heart, but now they've just heard some things and now all of a sudden fear begins to grip them. You know, we've, we've got to start to guard our ears. You know, we often talk about guarding your heart. I believe it starts with your ears. Guard your ears. Be careful of what you're hearing. I caught up with a, a, another businessman just recently who's getting his business just up and going. And, uh, and, and, and he said to me, so how are you going? And he was so positive. And I said, man, it's so good to hear someone who's positive and, and, and he's dreaming about his business moving forward in this climate. He's, he's dreaming about it. He's, he's hiring staff. He's, and, and you may think, wow, that's... that's that's amazing, how is he doing that? And I said, can I ask, what, what have you read lately? He said, no, no, I haven't read anything. I've just been reading what everyone else is reading. But he says, I certainly don't sit there and feed on the news. He said, because I did that one night, he said, and I felt like giving up and I just made a decision. I'm not gonna just feed. I'm not gonna feed myself on that because whatever you feed yourself on, you become full of. And if you feed on fear, you'll become full of fear. You feed on faith, you're gonna be full of faith. You hang around with people that are positive, we're gonna find ourselves moving forward. Number two, I would say, you know what? We need to meditate on the Word, not on the world. And there's a lot of people just meditating on the world right now and its ways and its philosophies. And, and Proverbs 12, 25, 
makes it very clear when the Bible says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Isn't that beautiful? I love that the Bible can speak into something that we think is just a new illness, a new sickness, a new mentality, the the anxiety effect that is taking place around the world. We think it's a new thing. No, it was happening 3,000 years ago. It's been happening for a long time. And it says anxiety weighs you down. Come on, make a decision that we're not gonna meditate on what the world is saying. Why don't we meditate on what the Word is saying during this season? It's gonna take some effort. It's, it's a difficult thing to do because the media comes at you, whereas the Word, you've got to go chasing it. And you've got to make a decision. And you even being online today, come and give yourselves another round of applause for wanting to hear the positive Word of God. Um, there's, there's a gentleman, actually, he's in this room right now. And, uh, and, and he, was, he was starting a business not too long ago. And, uh, and although his business was flourishing and he was moving forward, Um, he would often feel that fear would grip him. Fear to keep expanding, fear to maybe get himself into a little bit of business debt so that he can employ some people so that he can keep moving forward because contracts were opening up everywhere. And, And he just said, you know, although I am prospering, I still have a lot of fear. Now, remember, I could have just given him just a couple of encouraging words or I could have just said, no, you're awesome or you're amazing. But that's not what I believe brings what we need. I believe the Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. I believe the Word of God is a seed. And when I, if I could just get the Word of God into him, then I know that God will do something. And so this is, this is the Scripture that I gave him. It's gonna be up on your screen. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take my time to just work through it because I think there's some powerful elements here. And, and so it's Psalm 112. And it starts with verse, I'm starting from verse four uh, down to verse nine. Listen to this, especially for those of you that are in business. Listen to this. It says, light shines in the darkness for the godly. Feel, feel free to say amen at any point in time, by the way. How's that? It's a dark time at the moment, but light shines for the godly in the darkness. It says, they are generous, they're compassionate and righteous. Woohoo, come on, come on. It says, good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. This is the time where we should be running our business fairly. Fairly. I went and bought a some toilet paper recently that probably should have cost around $12. And I was charged $68 for the same amount of toilet paper. That's not running your business fairly. Can I just make that very clear? I hope that business owner is watching. It says, now here's verse six. It says, such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. Here it is, here's the the punch. It says, they do not fear bad news. They, that's what the godly do. They don't fear bad news. Why? Because they confidently trust that the Lord will care for them. They confidently trust that the Lord will care for them. What a great word. What a great word. God's gonna, God's gonna look after our church. God's gonna look after your families. I confidently believe in that. Oh, but Pastor Richard, that's great, but I just lost my job. Great, at the end of it, you're gonna, you're, you're gonna get another one. And it's probably gonna be even better than the one you had. Come on, we're gonna believe that God is in this. It says they are confident and they are fearless and they can face their foes triumphantly. Uh, listen, listen to this. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and they're going to have honour. What a, what a, 
psalm of promise that is over your life and my life. So this gentleman, this gentleman, he wakes up every morning now, every morning and reads the entire psalm, the entire psalm, the entire psalm. And it has literally transformed his brain. So when the enemy says, you're going to go broke, he just says, no, 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 I am confident and I am triumphant because I am part of the godly. And he has, he has literally, you know, some people think it's a, it's a negative statement. It's actually the most positive statement you can make. He has brainwashed himself. He has washed his brain from the negativity of the world and has washed it with the Word of God. And I think that's an amazing thing to do. Come on, somebody, get excited. Psalm 112, I think it's beautiful. And the third thing, which I think is probably the most important after we've become people that do not fear, people that meditate on the Word rather than meditating on the world, then we, then we, then, then we click into being the, the third person here, which is the person who will seize the moment. This is an incredible opportunity to show the love of God to your, to your neighbours, to your work colleagues. There has never been a time like this. I was at a retail store called JB Hi-Fi that many of us frequent. And, um, and I was in that place and there was a young boy in front of me and his mum uh, wanted to buy him a little uh, LED powerful light. You know, it can shoot across the room used by the army or something. Very, very powerful LED. And, uh, and so he bought this and there was a long queue and he could not wait to get out of the queue. He said, mum, mum, please, I wanna get out of this queue. And she said, what do you wanna do? He said, I wanna find some darkness. I wanna find some darkness because he had the light and light works best in the darkness. And, and, and for a lot of us, you know, we wanna be the light, but sometimes the easiest way that God can make us the light in this earth is that when He makes the earth a little bit darker. When the earth gets a little bit dark, then we shine brighter. For those of you ladies that have ever gone to go buy a diamond ring, you'll see that they usually put the diamonds on black velvet, not white, because they shine brighter on black velvet. The stars in the sky shine brightest against the, the canvas of a night sky, a dark sky. And, 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 for, and for a lot of us, we're, we, we're so nervous about this world becoming so dark, but God says, no, this is your time to shine, Christian. This is your time to love your neighbours, to love your friends. Do you know, do you know under, nor, um, under normal circumstances, to love your neighbour can be a little bit weird. But there's a lady in our church, she's just, just recently been coming along and she's moved into what we call a gated community. So it's this lovely environment, um, you know, a lot of well-to-do people. Um, but of course, you know, a lot of people are isolated. And so she's gone from house to house and she's made up this beautiful little brochure and she's put her name on it and she's basically written, is there anything I can do for you? If you need groceries, do you need things? Please just call me. And she's put it into letterboxes into every one of them. Do you know, that would be really strange if she was to do that in the day. But in the night, that's very appropriate. In the darkness, and she's been getting phone calls from people saying, thank you, I don't need anything, but thank you for your heart. And all of a sudden they wanna know who she is and what would motivate her to do things like that. What an opportunity we have at the moment to actually love our neighbours. You know, when, when, when she told me about that, I was so blown away. I, I thought that, that's such a simple thing to do. It's not a difficult thing to do, um, but it has such an impact. And so I'm, I'm already good friends with my neighbours and I, I love them dearly. They're, they're great. They tolerate us um, with all our crowds. And, and so, you know, I, I just got up on a chair and I just poked my head over and, and I said to, to the son who lives next door, I said, hey, listen, just tell dad, um, I just went out and bought toilet paper uh, for about 
$10,000. And um, I said, are you guys okay? Do you need anything? And, and he was like, he, he, was, he was shocked. He was like, no, but, but thank you. Anyway, he went inside and told his dad. Obviously, he must have done that because then the dad came back out and said, hey, Rich. And so I, I leaned back over the fence again. He said, hey, thank you so much for that. And, but he, he then gave me some eggs and, because he's got chickens next door, right? And so he gives me some eggs. Now, the funny thing is, I actually went that morning to go try and buy some eggs and I couldn't buy any. So, so can you see what just happened there? I, I lean over the fence trying to be generous and, and I, I was the one who ended up receiving. I've got a strange feeling that's gonna happen again and again all over the place. Come on, let's be generous. Let's be kind. This is not the time to shrink back and pull back. Do you know, th- th- these whole circumstances that are going on right now, people being banned and, and again, rightly so. You know, <laughs> There has never been a time across this nation or across the world where church services are being broadcast live. The gospel has now gone outside of the four walls of churches right across the world. And the gospel is being preached in different places. There are families right now. There is one man in our church who has sent out the link to 89 families and they accepted it to say that they'll be listening today. They've never stepped foot in our church, but they're listening online right now because of this situation. And we know that Joseph, who was who, who his brothers did so many things to him to harm his life, but yet he saw it differently. He says, you intended to harm me. He says, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, listen, again, let me just make this very clear. I don't believe God has caused this, but can God use it? Absolutely. Is God using it? 100%. And there may be people listening right now and you've never stepped foot into a church. You would think you're not welcome for some reason. You think you're not worthy. But right now you're able to listen to this message and I pray that God is breathing hope and faith and life into you as I'm speaking right now. I think this is an unprecedented time and we need to seize the moment because listen, this is the truth. We will come out of this. There are gonna be conversations that we will have in the not too distant future where we will laugh at some of the things that people were doing. There's gonna be people that are putting up a lot of stuff on Gumtree any moment, um, trying to sell some things that they no longer need because they overstocked. We are gonna get to the end of all this. And I'm just wondering, will we have missed a moment to have shown the love of Jesus. And while the world is in fear, we are in faith. While they are in desperation, we can be people that are moving forward. Come on, let's seize this opportunity. You know, I believe at the end of all this, right now there are people meeting in small groups, in, 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 in life groups right across the world. I think as the church of Jesus gathers together again in meetings, I think those small groups will stay and people will have built friendships and we're gonna end up with warmer churches, better churches, people that are more connected than they've ever been. I think, I, I think we, you, you couldn't have orchestrated this. Churches that have been trying to get life groups up and going for many years, all of a sudden they've got this whole network because there's nothing else you can do. I just think it's amazing. There's gonna be a strength and sense of community. People are gonna know that they are loved genuinely. And of course, people are gonna hear the gospel. So listen, I'm gonna leave you with this scripture. It's in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 38 to 39. And uh, the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, but my righteous one 
will live by faith. Okay, if you're a righteous one, if Jesus has done something in your life, then the Bible is instructing us that we are to live by faith. He says, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. It says, but we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. I love how those two words are linked. Faith, saved. If you wanna find yourself saved, and what do I mean by that? With a saved business, a saved relationship, a saved anything, it's gonna take faith. You're gonna have to recruit every little bit of faith within you to say, you know what, I'm not going to live by fear. God has got this. My children are going to move forward. God's got this. Fear has to leave right now. And it says that faith saves you. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm gonna pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.